Hey everyone, it's Simon here, and on behalf of Maria and I, I want to thank you for checking out our podcast. Well, it's a new year, 2022, and we've got lots of stuff ahead. I want to encourage you to check our website, especially our events page, because we have in-person events happening very soon, including our first ever in-person service in February. Check it out and join us if you can. We'd love to have you. But for now, let's get to the podcast. Over this first month of 2022, we've been focusing in on renewal and how God wants to renew things in our lives in preparation for what he wants to do in us and through us. And we read from Mark chapter two, where Jesus says, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins for the wine would burst the wineskins and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins, Jesus says. And we know that the new wine Jesus was talking about there was the new life and the new way of living for God that he was spearheading and bringing about. And he was basically and prophetically speaking into the, the, the Jewish religious culture of the day and saying, hey, listen, God is doing something new or he is about to do something new. And the way in which you're doing things right now will not be able to contain it. And, and he was bringing about new spiritual life, a spontaneous spirit-filled life. And the way in which they had been living for God under the law was not going to be able to contain it. So your current ways of doing things, they're not going to work. So Jesus said, new wine calls for new wineskins. And I believe that that can happen to us even today uh, in our lives. You know, so many Christians can become like that old wineskin, dry. Uh, inflexible, molded to one to what it once held. You know, all oh, this. Remember back in the day, church used to be like this. This is what we used to do. This is what I used to do. And and what happens is we become inflexible and we become we become unwilling to change. We become just old sticks in the mud of just wanting things a certain way, and we're unable to endure the stretch that a new wineskin endures when it when it receives something new. But thank God that he is a God of renewal. And this is something I've been sensing in my heart. You know, we're a new church entering a new year, a new a year that we're believing will be much different than the last couple of years. You know, as much as we are uh, coming out of restrictions, we also need to make sure we get restrictions out of us. Amen. And we want to be renewed. Are we choking out new life and new things in God with our old ways of thinking, with our old wineskins? And there's no doubt in my mind that God wants to do something new. I mean, we're a new church. (laughs) So of course, God is wanting to do something new in us as a church community. And I'm believing in my life and your life for new wine, new life, new dreams in God, in Jesus' name. And and we need to be open to that because in order to receive the new, we often have to be renewed in our thinking, in our passion, in our perspective. And we shared it from Ephesians chapter four, where it says, instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And we need to be renewed in our thoughts and attitudes. And we shared about removing the old wineskin of disappointment and discouragement and how we must surrender our disappointments to God and not not allow ourselves to live disappointed and discouraged. Because if we live in discouragement, we lose our ability to hope and believe God for new things. And let's not confuse God and his word and his hope with 
life. You know, sometimes life can throw us curveballs. Life can be disappointing. Life can be discouraging. People can be disappointing. People can be discouraging. Work, all these types of things. Let's not confuse that with God, who is faithful, who is worthy of our trust and our hope. Amen. And last week we focused in on worship, which I believe is something that we always need to make sure that we are keeping renewed in our lives. And it is a renewing thing in our lives to worship God. We shared from John chapter 12, where Mary worshiped Jesus while Martha was busy, Lazarus was familiar, and uh, and Judas was faking it and trying to look spiritual and, and getting annoyed at the, the perfume Mary was was pouring and he was actually being dishonest. We need to be honest in our worship before God and honor him. Amen. And if you missed any of those weeks or you missed uh, uh, parts of this series, you can check out our YouTube and our podcast. You know, after a couple weeks, we take away all the start part of the service and it just becomes the preaching only to make it easier for you to access that. Amen. So today on this last Sunday of January, we want to finish up this series on focusing uh, on something that is just so, so important when it comes to renewal. In fact, I would say it's the most important thing when it comes to being renewed in the Lord. And a couple years ago, I'll, I'll reveal what that is in just a second, but I just want to set it up. A couple years ago, I read a book by Charles Duhigg called The Power of Habit. Uh, and the book breaks down like how your brain uh, falls into habits and how it all kind of uh, works. And the, another book that's a, a very similar, a um, little bit newer, it's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, both these books are really cool, kind of like a scientific way at looking at how we have habits and how they happen, you know, cues and cravings and all this kind of stuff. And they're super helpful for understanding um, how our brains process these habits and how we can change them. Pretty cool stuff. And habits are powerful things. Uh, And many uh, of our habits we just fall into. (laughs) And we have the habit. I have a habit of, you know, um, driving down the street and forgetting if I closed the garage or not. Like, that's just a habit that we can fall into, right? Uh, Like, how are you doing with your New Year's resolutions, if you have any? I'm not really a New Year's goal setter guy, but uh, some people set their New Year's goals. And I guarantee you that whether or not your goals have been doing well or not, probably have something to do with the habits that you have in your day-to-day life. Habits have a massive impact in our lives. You know, Jim Ryan, who was a, an American track and field athlete, he was actually the first high school athlete to run a mile in under four minutes. He said this, motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going. So habits are pretty powerful. Stephen Covey, who is the author of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, said this, we become what we repeatedly do. So habits are very, very powerful things. But I don't just want to talk about our habits today uh, because it is quite complicated. And plus, this isn't motivational speaking. Uh, I'm a pastor and a preacher. Um, But in Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit, he, he speaks about this thing called a keystone habit. A keystone habit. And they are a habit that people introduce into their lives or their routines that unintentionally carry over into other aspects of our lives. A keystone habit. Uh, they have like a ripple effect into other areas of our lives. It's that one thing you do that triggers other things that you do and affects other things that you do. It's the one thing that has a ripple effect into other areas 
of your life. And, uh, and we all have these things, some good, some bad, probably mostly bad when it comes to habits. But for, for example, I'll, I'll give you an example of a keystone habit. One of them is eating dinner together as a family, which is a, a habit. We eat to dinner together as a family. But you know, studies tell us that when you eat dinner together as a family, it has all these other effects in your life, in your family life. It's better uh, adolescent mental health, uh, even better marriages, uh, and even better budgeting because you're the discipline of eating together instead of running out and grabbing takeaway and spending too much money, right? All that stuff is ripple effects based upon the one keystone habit of eating dinner together as a family, okay? So there, if you don't eat dinner together as a family, maybe you should try doing it for a week straight and see how it makes uh, your family life better. Another keystone habit is exercising. Uh, James Prochesca, who is a University of Rhode Island researcher in psychology and behavioral change, he says this about exercising. This is a pretty cool quote. We'll put it up. Uh, when people start habitually exercising, even as infrequently as once a week, they start changing other unrelated patterns in their lives, often unknowingly. So we're talking about keystone habits here. Typically, people who exercise start eating better and becoming more productive at work. They smoke less and show more patience with colleagues and family. They use their credit cards less frequently and they say they feel less stressed. It's not completely clear why exercise spills over. There's something about it that makes other good habits easier. There's something about it that makes other good habits easier. That is a keystone habit. Uh, it, it spills over into other areas of our lives. So now I'm just setting up our big topic today, okay, which I believe is the most important thing when it comes to renewal and the new wineskins that Jesus wants us to build in our lives. So the question I want to ask today is, what is the keystone habit of a Christian? The keystone habit. What is that one thing that you can do that spills into other areas of your lives? That's something that makes other good habits in your life easier. Okay, the keystone habit. Well, I believe the keystone habit of being a Christian is to read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read God's Word. Listen to it. Study it. Dwell on it. Memorize it. Pray it. Say it. Live it. Love it. Do whatever you need to do to get into this book regularly, daily, regularly. Uh, that word regular is very, very important because a habit happens regularly. And, and as we've been focusing on renewal over this series and these new wineskins, we must build our renewal on the foundation of what God's word says. You know, a survey uh, I found polled over 3,000 American Christians over a four-year period from 2018 to 2021, and the survey found that 11% of those 3,000 Christians read their Bible daily. 30% uh, said they read their Bible less than once a month. 30% said that they never read their Bible. And now, if you do the math, we are talking about a vast majority of these surveyed Christians, not all Christians, 
A vast majority, though, of these surveyed Christians did not have the habit of being in their Bible regularly. What about you? Are you uh, do you have the habit of being in your Bible regularly? I'm not necessarily talking about reading. You might listen to it. You might whatever it is that you do to get into God's Word regularly, um, because that has a trickle-on effect. It's a keystone habit in our lives. Reading your Bible. Regularly, well, why? Well, we see in two Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen and seventeen, it says this: All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. This Bible here, it is God-inspired. It, it teaches, corrects, prepares, equips, and encourages us. God's Word helps us know who God is. Uh, as a Christian, I am in a friendship, a relationship with God. He's who I pray with. He's who I walk with every day. And His Word helps me understand who He is, helps me know what He thinks, helps me know what's important to Him. And without God's Word, we are left to self-define what God thinks and what God finds important. And this is the problem with many Christians is they have self-defined or they have allowed culture to define what they believe God thinks. And that is not what the word says. We want to know what he thinks, what he sees. We need God definition in our lives. 4K, 8K, 3D, full on God definition in our lives. And as your pastors, we uh, many as your new pastors, you know, if you you most Everyone in our church are new members to our church, really. And we don't want you to grow in our understanding of God. No. Or Maria and Mai's revelation of God. No, no, we want you to grow in your understanding of the Word of God. I believe the keystone habit of a Christian is to be in the Word regularly. And that has a trickle-on effect into every area of your lives. You know, we can be focused on so many little things. Oh, I need to do this for God. Oh, I need to say this. I need to pray this. I need to do that. But what we actually need to do is focus on the most important things. And one of the most important, if not the most important habit, the keystone habit for a Christian is to be in God's word. When I read my Bible, it feeds my spirit. When I read my Bible, it shows me how to pray. You want to be a, a better prayer? You want, to, you want to grow in your passion for prayer? Get into God's Word. See what that says about prayer. When I read my Bible, it refocuses me on the things of God. Uh, when I read my Bible, it shows me God's ways. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says this, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. We've been talking about being renewed in your thoughts and attitudes. We be renewed through the word of God, what it says. Psalm 119, 105. Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible. Uh, and it's all about the word of God. It says this, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. You know, so many Christians walk lightless in their lives because they haven't allowed God's word to be part of their day-to-day -day lives. We, we need this light to help us, to help illuminate God's truth, to help illuminate what is the best decisions to make here and there. God's word is there to help us, right? And we need renewal 
according to God's word, not according to church culture or what I think or what's cool right now. No, we need a renewal according to God's word. And what would the trickle on effect be in my life if I made the habit of being in God's word regularly? If I just made it part of, just like I I might have the habit of making a coffee every morning or the habit of doing this and doing that. If I could make God's word the habit in my life, a habit in my life, it would have such great trickle effects in all areas of my life. And we don't really like talking about, you know, doing the work of of developing a discipline because often we're lazy. Uh, we, we have these deep-seated beliefs that um, God does all the work himself, that we just live by faith and it's just like, God does it all. And I just kind of sit here and receive and float around. But we all need to develop the discipline of being in God's words. Uh, and, and a lot of times we fall out of the habit for all sorts of reasons. Like we're busy, we, we're at work, we have small kids, newborn. Uh, maybe you're not a good reader. Maybe you have trouble understanding God's word. Maybe um, you just forget, forgetfulness, all these kinds of things. But here's the thing. If I went to the doctor today, okay, and I uh, went to the doctor and and had a, had a physical or something, and I, and I wasn't healthy, and I wasn't eating right, and I wasn't drinking enough water, and I wasn't exercising, what would the doctor do? Uh, well, they'd probably do some tests, do a blood test, take my weight, all that kind of stuff. And if things weren't well, the doctor would sit down, look me right in the eye, and say, Simon, here's the thing. Unless you exercise, unless you drink water, unless you eat better, things aren't going to be well for you and your health, right? They would just tell you the truth. And we'd accept it because we trust the doctor. Well, listen, I'm going to be Dr. Simon just for a moment, okay? I'm not going to let it get to my head, but here's the thing. You want spiritual health in your life? You want renewal? Get into God's Word. You you want to grow in your prayer life? Read God's Word. You want to grow in your understanding of what it means to be a Christian? Get into God's Word. You want to know God and what He thinks and what He wants for you? Read God's Word. Amen. And this doesn't mean that we have to be like biblical scholars all of a sudden, but we do need to be Bible lovers and people who are in the word on the regular. So I want to do what I want to do is give you some tips on how to develop and keep this habit, this keystone habit of being in God's word stoked in your life and keep it there. Amen. Because I want you to have a a a keystone habit of Bible reading in your life. That would be my my prayer for today is that you would leave this service with a renewed motivation to say, do you want, Lord, I want to get in your word every day. I want it to be a keystone habit because I love your word. I want to walk with you day by day. So tip number one is we got to understand the basics. Understand the basics. What do I mean by the basics? Well, uh, for many of you, you might know these things already, but the basics... What is the New Testament? What is the Old Testament? Uh, What are the Gospels? Who wrote them? You know, the Bible uh, was written for you and for us, but it wasn't written to us. Okay, what do I mean by that? Well, when Luke, the Gospel of Luke was written, he wasn't writing to Simon Austin in 2022, just coming out of a global pandemic. No, no, he was writing to Theophilus to a Gentile audience. What's a Gentile? I don't know. When Matthew wrote Matthew, he was writing to a Jewish audience. Now, if we want to understand what God's word is saying to us, we need to understand these basic things. doesn't mean we all need to be experts, but we need to understand. So how do we best 
do that? Well, tip number two is we get help and we use tools. Well, what kind of tools do we use? We get a good study Bible. This is uh, my study Bible. Someone actually bought this for me, my friend Ryan. It's a life application study Bible, New Living Translation. It's fantastic. It's massive. And, you know, it's kind of like walk around the house with it. Like, yeah. But this is the thing. It, it has uh, footnotes to, and helps you apply what the word is saying to you. It tells you about what each book of the Bible is, who wrote it, when it was written, the context to when it was written to help you understand the Bible. There's get yourself a good translation of the Bible, the New Living Translation, the English Standard Version, the NIV. Now, I've met Christians before who are caught up reading the old King James Version and thou and thy, and they don't understand what God's Word is saying. Well, there are good, trusted, integral translations that we can look at and we can read to help us better understand the Bible. We can use all sorts of tools. You might not be a big reader. Well, listen to it. I listen to the Bible all the time uh, on the YouVersion Bible app. Uh, It's free. It's right there on your phone. You can access it for nothing. Uh, For me personally, I use a study Bible. I have a subscription to a website called TheosU, uh, which is a kind of like a the Netflix of theology. Um, Nathan Finocchio and, and a small team, they do they basically do small courses on a whole bunch of topics. It's super affordable. I mean, if we can afford to spend monies on Paramount Plus and Netflix and Disney, we can buy a subscription once a month or even for just a couple months to help us understand God's Word. I use the YouVersion Bible app. The Bible Project just released an app that helps you understand the biblical timeline. It has videos and everything. There are tools galore to help you. Do a course. Ask your pastors. We're here to help you understand the Bible. Absolutely. God has placed people in your life to help you. Yeah? And and this is one of the important reasons why we're planted in a church. To be around a community that can help us understand and equip us with God's word. Also, I would just say as well, be wise about the tools and advice that you get because there are lots of methods of biblical interpretation and there's lots of misinformation out there. If you just chuck in the Google, uh, what does the Bible say about this? Or what did the, you know, Google is not a master theologian. It's a great tool, but if you're not uh, careful, you can get, end up down a rabbit hole, you know, going crazy on some really niche topic that and being misinformed on things. This is why we have wise counsel in our lives to help us understand God's word. In Acts chapter 8, it's a great example of this. We read about Philip uh, being led by the, the Holy Spirit and he meets a, an Ethiopian treasurer who's in a carriage and he's reading um, he's reading the scriptures. And this is what happens. It says in verse 29 of chapter 8, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come into the carriage and sit with him. And Philip gets in there and he explains what the man is reading. He explains to him God's word. And guess what happens? The man becomes a Christian and gets baptized that day. Isn't that amazing, right? And what a great example of what we need in our lives today. We need spirit-led people in our lives who help us understand the scriptures. And like that Ethiopian man, we need to be in the scriptures. We need to have a habit of reading God's word. So we need to understand the basics. We need to get help and use tools. Tip number three, we need to have a plan. 
we need to have a plan, whether it's reading a chapter a day, um, reading the New Testament in a month, uh, reading the Bible in a year, whatever works for you. I know for me, uh, I'm not a big Bible in a year plan guy. I just find over the years, just, I, oh, <laughs> just that hasn't worked for my brain. But what I do do, because I want to be in the Bible regularly, is every January, I go through the whole Bible in 30 days. It's called the 30-day shred. I do it every January. I've done it for a number of years. Uh, and it's not just me. My wife did it in December. She went through the whole Bible in December, which is like, you might think that that is crazy. Well, you know, it helps when you have a plan and you say, this is what I'm going to do. And then what it does, I go through the whole Bible in January. I take notes. I, I, I get through it. And then from then on, I slow it down. I, I go through maybe maybe a gospel, maybe a, a, um, read through the letters of, of Paul. And I go a lot slower place, uh, pace and just kind of study and study. That's my plan. That's what works for me. Whatever works for you and helps you stay in God's word regularly, which brings me to the next tip, and that is get a partner. Get someone who can be a running partner with you. Marry people. Read the Bible with your husband or wife. It doesn't mean you need to sit there with a big Bible and go like sentence by sentence, but no, be in similar things together. It brings such unity in your marriage. You know, I love the fact that Maria went through the shred in December. I'm doing it in January. We can talk about it. It can be part of our conversations. Get someone who who can keep you accountable, who can encourage you if you fall off. You know, the cool thing about the Version Bible app is you can have friends on there. You can see where you're up to and all that. Uh, and, and that's really, really cool and really helpful. And, you know, I just finished the 30-day shred and a bunch of guys in our church are doing it with me. Uh, one in particular, Nathan, shout out to Nathan, smashing it out. And, and we've been doing it together. And it's been great to kind of encourage each other in that way. Another tip is to pray. I know this is like super basic, but we need to ask God to help us. Not just be... Uh, struggling and oh man, I just need ask God. I want a passion for your word. Pray, ask him. Come on. Uh, another tip is write it down. Take notes of what you're reading. I know for me, I have a, a, a couple of notes files in my phone where I can copy right from my version app, put it right in there and put a little note under something I want to remember. And you know, it just helps us remember and be in God's word. And, and then I often go back and go over those notes and it helps me remember. So being in God's word, putting that regular habit in our lives, stoking that habit, keeping that fire going. It says in Colossians 3.16, as I close, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. It says, let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Well, what is that? That is God's word. That is God's word. Let it fill our lives, not just be a, a thing on the side. No, no, let it fill our lives, be in it regularly. So Jesus says, new wine calls for new wineskins, and we need to be renewed according to his word. And the keystone habit of a Christian is to read your Bible. I challenge you to read your Bible. Get into it every day. Get into it regularly. I know if there's a situation, you know, you might work night shift and it's like, well, you know, there's a couple days a week where it's really important. Find a way. Listening to it on the way to work. There's, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. You can find a way. And I guarantee you when you get into God's word, it will have a great trickle effect in all other areas of your life. So 
bit of a practical uh, word this week. Just wanted to equip you and, and encourage you to get into God's word and let's get excited about it. Because if we want to be renewed, we want to be renewed according to his word. Amen. Let me pray for you, Lord. I thank you for your church. I thank you that we're going to be able to gather together next week and then in the coming weeks have our own service together. And Lord, we want to be renewed and we want to be renewed according to your word. Help us develop a stronger passion for your word. Help us understand your word. Lord, I thank you that you're bringing people into our lives that will help us understand your word. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you're watching today and you aren't a Christian or you aren't part of our church and you want to be, you want to be you have questions about it, head to our website. We'd love to help you. We'd love to, to help you understand the Bible, help you understand what it means to be a Christian. And hey, church, have a blessed week this week. And we'll see you next Sunday at Imaginations for our send-off Sunday and also park lunches, all sorts of stuff coming up. Come on, let's get rolling. It's 2022. Bless you.